Welcome to the Eskenazi Health Here For You podcast, where we go beyond the doctor's office and take a closer look at the programs Eskenazi Health has to offer our patients and the communities we serve. Joining us today is Dr. Maria Robles. Uh, she's an internal medicine specialist with Eskenazi Health, and she's going to talk about this great new partnership with Overdose Lifeline and the new program aimed at helping individuals overcome substance abuse and reducing the stigma around seeking help through increasing use of naloxone, which is more commonly known as Narcan. So, Dr. Robles, thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, before we get into the program, please tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been with Eskenazi. Do better than what I just did with <laughs> introing you. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so I am a primary care doctor. I work uh, primarily at the West 38th Street location. It's at uh, 38th and Moeller. Um, I've been with Eskenazi for 10 and a half years. Um, I started doing um, work in addiction in 2017. Um, so in internal medicine residency, we really aren't trained in addiction at all. Uh, we weren't, that things are changing. Um, and so there was an opportunity around that time to sort of learn a little bit more. And, you know, I've never really told this part of my story, but the, the honest truth is um, I wasn't super excited to get involved. I sort of felt like, well, I guess, I mean, maybe there's a gap in care and we should probably do this. And so I started learning more kind of on my own time, I realized that there was this enormous gap in care and that there really just aren't enough psychiatrists um, in the country to take care of everybody's mental health needs and addiction issues. So, you know, primary care really needs to, needed and needs to step in and help with some of that. Um, so we had a lot of support, um, you know, in 2017, 18, 19 from leadership. Um, and so we developed a, a program for primary care providers um, to um, learn more about specifically opiate use disorder and to obtain a waiver in order to treat it. Um, it it's different than other medica it, it's different than other medications in that you have to have this special waiver in order to prescribe it. Uh, we can talk more about that later, but it may be just one more sign of how this is stigmatized. We probably do need to take a moment here just to think about um, how society has treated people historically with, with substance use disorders. Um, you know, in the 1980s, when cocaine was being used, um, black communities were affected more heavily, and our society responded in general by launching a war on drugs and really not focusing on how to help people, but how to get them off the street and incarcerate them. And so, you know, things are better now. Um, they're not perfect, and we can talk more about that later, but, um, you know, there is, there is something to be said about who's using and what they look like and how we've decided that we want to help. Um, there's no question that in this moment, we, things are moving in the right direction. So how does one get addicted to opiates? Because I think some people think that it's a, a bunch of heroin junkies and it's not necessarily that. So how does someone end up down this slippery slope and all the different avenues they can inadvertently take to a, a problem like this? I think we probably need a whole bunch of other podcasts <laughs> and somebody uh, with a degree in um, sociology and anthropology here, um, because the the reality is is that it can be very difficult to live in our society, you know, especially if you're not a millionaire. And so there are times when people reach for things that make them feel good, and some people have the um, social support to reach for something like a run or you know go jogging. 
Um, not everybody has that. Not everybody has the genetics um, to um, do things that we sort of quote unquote call healthy behaviors. Um, a lot of times people start using drugs um, because they have a mental health disorder that's untreated. So, um, you know, sort of, and I'm speaking about drugs in general. I know this podcast is sort of more specifically about overdose life science. Go opioids. right ahead. We'll, yeah. we'll get to it all. Go, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. So um, it, it never, you know, I've never, ever, ever met anybody who said, like, I started using because I felt like becoming addicted and then losing my home and my family and everything. Nobody ever wants that. Um, people start using, you know, because they're hurting usually. Um or is a way of escaping. And, you know, some of these drugs are so highly addictive that it can be very hard to stop using once people start. What have we seen over the last couple of years? I, I, I came into Eskenazi working with Indianapolis EMS. So I see we have this daily Narcan report and, and all it does is just track number of doses that IEMS has given. And the shocking thing about it is you saw it when it was called the epidemic. And then you saw the numbers after the COVID pandemic, and we're lapping when it was an epidemic right now. So what have we seen in these last couple years relating to addiction and overdoses and maybe uh, Narcan accessibility? And then maybe that'll lead us into the uh, Operation Lifeline uh, work. So, yeah. Yeah, we've seen huge increases in numbers. Uh, we know that the, the risk of, of death from overdose in our uh, black population has doubled during COVID. Um, that was sort of a, a group of people that weren't heavily affected by opiate use disorder prior to COVID, um, but unfortunately they've been severely affected during, during COVID. And I mean, I think that we can sort of go back to what we chatted about before and that it's just, it's a hard time. And sometimes people reach for other things to cope um, and don't realize that, that it can be, it can lead to a lifelong disease. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's get into the Overdose Lifeline Partnership. Uh, give us a, a, an overview of what this is all about. Uh, I, I know there's been a lot of talk about the, uh, the Narcan vending machine. So let, walk us through uh, what, is, what is in place now with this. So interestingly, so uh, Justin Phillips is the founder and executive director at Overdose Lifeline. Um, we worked together on a couple of other projects. Um, interestingly, I actually reached, had reached out to her to see if we could partner, and it was already in the works. <laughs> so um, I think that the Indiana Division of Mental Health and Addiction had connected Overdose Lifeline with Eskenazi, and um, specifically with some folks in the ER, and then that sort of snowballed into um, this, this partnership. Mm -hmm. And so it, with this, um, w is it more than just the vending machines? Uh, what, is, what, what are we looking to accomplish here with, with, with all of this? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, so the, the partnership specifically is about um, distributing um, Narcan. And so at West 38th Street, the clinic uh, where I primarily work, we do have this giant vending machine, and it, it sits next to our other vending machines um, so that people don't have to go around some dark corner to, to get this. It's just with everything else, and we're trying to sort of normalize it. Um, granted, it is a little bit tricky when somebody goes over there for food, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but they, they'll figure it out. You know, there's a food vending machine next to it. Eskenazi and ODL Overdose Lifeline will sort of co-manage um, like checking to make sure that there's still naloxone, you know, somebody uses it. Um, but 
people can just go up and take it. So there's no, you don't have to write your name. You don't have to, you know, type your picture taken. You just can take the naloxone. And it's absolutely free. Mm-hmm. You just go in and do it. And, and again, for anyone tuning in for this, uh, naloxone and Narcan are the exact same thing. So people, so yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, so we talked earlier in this about the stigma of addiction. So what would you say to someone who is hesitant about going to one of these vending machines because you said they're right next to a food vending machine or concerned about a reaction of someone walking up next to them while they're, you know, using the Narcan vending machine right next to someone who's looking to get a bag of cookies, you know, and someone who's just hesitant about that. Yeah. So, you know, one thing that we can do to, um, you know, help everybody understand this is a disease um, and to not make it something very stigmatizing is that we can all carry it. So I have one in my bag here. Um, everybody should have one on them. Um, they're very easy to obtain. You can get them from the West 30th Street <laughs> vending machine, or you can actually go on Overdose Lifeline's website and ask them to send you some, and they'll send you, um, they'll send anybody a couple in the mail for free. Um, and so, you know, just have, if everybody just has them and carries them, then it doesn't have to be a thing that, like, you know, I, that, you're somebody who necessarily is going to be the one to use it. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're all working together to make sure nobody overdoses, whether that's me or you or somebody that I walk by on the street. And it's, I think it's also uh, good to note that it's not even difficult to administer. If you can give a uh, allergy nasal spray, I mean, that's, that's really all it is, right, in this? It is. And I'm glad that you said it because I think sometimes when people hear a doctor say it, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, oh, sure, whatever. You know, it's easy to get. No, it, it just, you just pop it and push and, and you go. And it's, it's amazing. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what's um what what's the future process? What's the obviously the end goal is to reduce, you know, addiction and and overdosing and death. But I guess more in the, you know, one five ten year thing. What are, what are the goals? What what how do we gauge success with a with a program like this? I mean, I guess there could be good and bad to coming by and having to restock the vending machine every day. There's a so what how are we measuring this? That's a great question. It's something that we've actually been talking about some of our meetings mm-hmm. too, um, because the goal is that that I get worked out of a job, right? I mean, we yeah. don't we don't want to do this um, because we would hope that everybody would um, go into long term recovery. The reality is is that um, probably this is going to be a problem that is around for a long time, um, and so the goal would be harm reduction. And so what that means is giving people what they need when they need it and when they want it. So not everybody who's using drugs um, wants to be in long-term recovery, but they may not want to die. And so those are, those is really important distinction. You know, a lot of times um, people who have never used drugs or been around people using drugs can sort of think like, oh, they don't care about their life, they're wasting away. They didn't say that. (laughs) Just because somebody is in active use um, doesn't mean they want to die. So providing, making sure they have Narcan, making sure they understand how to use safely, uh, which includes uh, needle exchange programs, um, is very important. Uh, since you mentioned needle exchange programs, now obviously uh, Narcan is that 
in the in the middle fix to keep to to save your life. But what other resources are available? You know, we don't just want them relying on Narcan. You know, we ultimately want people to get off of drugs. So, uh, you mentioned needle exchange program, but it, what else can we can we promote for resources for people? Yeah, well, we want. So, I would say we want people to come to us for help when they want to. So, I would say. I wouldn't say I want everybody to get off drugs because I think that not everybody wants to get off drugs. I want people to be safe and healthy and happy, right? Mm -hmm. um, but so one other one other thing before I answer that question, I just do want to clarify that if you are in a position where you ever use Narcan, um, it is still important to call EMS because sometimes people will need multiple doses of it. Um, Narcan is short acting, um, and so it's important to not just give it and then walk away. Um, a lot, most of the heroin in Indiana is mixed with fentanyl at this point, like 95% of it, um, and fentanyl is much stronger. So, so Eskenazi has um, tons of resources. So Sandra Eskenazi Mental Health Center has been doing addiction work for forever. I probably should have the actual number of years, but it's, I'm sure it's more than 50. Um, and so people can always walk in to the addiction clinic, and that's at 3171 North Meridian. Um, they have walk-in hours between 9 and 11. Um, if somebody's interested in receiving addiction treatment through primary care, um, they can call the main number, you know, 880 um, and ask for a primary care appointment. Um, and once they get into with primary care, they can ask for treatment there. And so we can treat with, um, they're called medications for opiate use disorder. And so those medications are uh, buprenorphine, also known as Suboxone. Um, and then Sandra Eskenazi Mental Health Center can treat with methadone. Um, as we get ready to, to wrap things up, uh, is there any other information for someone who might be seeking treatment with Overdose Lifeline or Eskenazi Health? Um, is what else can we provide for them? Um, I think just making sure that everybody knows that Eskenazi is open to treating people and that we are working hard to provide non-stigmatized care. Um, the ER has really great leaders who are working hard um, in their job to make sure that if people come in with an overdose, that they leave not just with not only alive, but also with, also with resources and even medications. Um, the inpatient um, doctors here are doing the same, as well as the outpatient and the psychiatry team. So we're really working as one giant group of people. So we we sort of like to say in some of our meetings, like no wrong door. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, if you go to the ER, if you go to Sandra Eskenazi Mental Health Center, if you go to Eskenazi Primary Care. We'll, we'll get you in the right direction. Um, obviously, it's a little bit better if somebody's not doesn't have an urgent need that they don't go to the ER, that they come to one of these other resources. But if they happen to be in the ER, they can get help there as well. It's a really important partnership with uh, Overdose Lifeline and Eskenazi Health. Now, uh, for people come back, it's it's the vending machines are at Eskenazi Health, West 38th Street. And the vending machine is inside, and then the uh, Nalox box will be outside, you said? Correct. Is that already there or uh, coming? So... It may be there by the time I get back to clinic today. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah. So this is how. Okay. All yeah, right. It's right happening okay. nowish. All right. Cool. The fa fantastic. And then of course it's absolutely free. It's no questions asked. You don't have to talk to another human being. You get what you need. You no know, judgment. Safe. All of that stuff. Uh, I also do want to mention that all the Eskenazi pharmacies give out uh, naloxone for free to anybody who asks. Um, so that's an important point too. Um, Oh, I didn't mention earlier when you asked about how to connect. So Overdose Lifeline um, has an amazing website. 
um, and they're very easy to contact within that website. They also have volunteer opportunities, um, so if people are interested in volunteering with them, they can do that as well. For someone who has it, is there an expiration date on Narcan naloxone? There is. Uh, mm-hmm. How how long is it? Uh, I don't know if I don't know that offhand. Most medications are a year. A year, okay. Uh, I was going to try and peek at the one in my bag, but yeah, okay. <laughs> I might right, too for, much. <laughs> right, okay. I I had been given a dose, or not? I didn't need it, but I'm carrying around. I have a pack like you, like you carry it around, and but I think mine. I think I need to trade it mm-hmm. at this point in time. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So, is there anything that we haven't touched on yet before we wrap things up here? Um, I think just making sure that we continue to refer to people with opioid disorder and other substance use disorders um, as people with a disease and people who uh, we need to offer care to. And we just need to make sure that we understand that this isn't just a, a moral failing um, and that this is um, this is more than that. And there's a lot more history to it that we can't get to in a 20 minute podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have to come back and in, in continue this conversation, I think, at some point in time, because there's so many levels to it. But yeah, like it's there's just a lot to lot to go in. Uh, she's Dr. Maria Robles. Thank you very much for coming in. We appreciate you. Uh, thanks to Joe and to Rachel for putting this all together. Of course, uh, check out our podcast, soundcloud.com, Eskenazi Health Here For You podcast. You can see all of our our past episodes and thank you very much for listening.